0: Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Encyclopedia Womanica. Today's feminist was a major civil rights activist, women's rights activist, academic, attorney, renowned author, and the first African-American woman to be ordained as an Episcopal priest. She managed to achieve a truly extraordinary amount over the course of her lifetime. Please welcome Polly Murray. Anna Pauline Murray was born on November 20, 1910, in Baltimore, Maryland, to Agnes and William Murray. William was a high school teacher and a graduate of Howard University. When Polly was just four years old, her mother died of a cerebral hemorrhage. She and her five siblings were sent down to Durham, North Carolina, to live with their aunt, who was an elementary school teacher, and their grandparents. Polly's father was unable to take care of the children, because he suffered from long-term effects related to typhoid. He was eventually hospitalized in the Crownsville State Hospital until his 1923 murder by a hospital guard. In 1926, after graduating from high school with distinction, Polly moved up to New York City and enrolled at Hunter College. She paid her tuition by working multiple jobs, but when the stock market crashed in 1929, work became impossible to find and Polly was forced to drop out. She eventually completed her degree in 1933. In the 1930s, Polly found jobs with the Works Progress Administration and the Workers' Defense League. That was her first real foray into political activism and community organizing. She also started teaching at the New York City Remedial Reading Project. In what little free time she had, Polly began writing and had a number of poems and articles published, as well as her novel, Angel of the Desert. In the 1930s and 1940s, Polly also sought medical assistance and received testosterone injections, according to Dr. Rosalind Rosenberg, who wrote a biography of Polly entitled Jane Crow, The Life of Polly Murray. Though the vocabulary didn't exactly exist at the time, Polly may have been gender non-binary, It's very possible that if Polly had lived in a later period, she may have identified as a trans man. In this episode, we're using the pronouns she and her because those are the pronouns Polly used during her lifetime. Polly started to become active in the burgeoning civil rights movement. In 1938, she publicly attempted to gain admission to the all-white University of North Carolina graduate school. With the NAACP backing her cause, Polly's story became national news. Unfortunately, it would be another 15 years before that barrier would be broken, and not by Polly. But the experience did lead to a lifelong friendship with Eleanor Roosevelt. Two years later, Polly joined a Christian focused civil rights group called the Fellowship of Reconciliation and worked to help end segregation and discrimination on public transportation. In March of 1940, Polly was arrested for refusing to sit at the back of a segregated bus in Virginia. 15 years before Rosa Park would take her stand down in Montgomery. In 1941, Polly enrolled at Howard University Law School with the goal of becoming a civil rights attorney. While there, she and other well-known activists like George Hauser and Bayard Rustin started the Congress of Racial Equality, or CORE. CORE was heavily influenced by the teachings of Gandhi, the organization believed that the nonviolent civil disobedience movement that led to the overthrow of the British in India could be equally effective in the United States. In 1944, Polly graduated from Howard University Law School. She was first in her class and was the only woman. She then aspired to continue her legal studies at Harvard University. She won a prestigious fellowship to attend, which would have fully covered her studies but the offer was immediately rescinded upon learning that Polly was, in fact, a woman. Instead, she got her Master of Philosophy degree from the University of California Bolt School of Law. After graduating yet again, Polly moved back to New York City with degrees in hand to devote herself to civil rights work. With her star on the rise, Polly was named Mademoiselle Magazine's Woman of the Year in 1947. In 1951, she published a book called State's Laws on Race and Color, which Thurgood Marshall called the Bible for civil rights lawyers. In 1956, Polly published perhaps her most beloved work, Proud Shoes, The Story of an American Family, a memoir about the lives of her grandparents and her early years growing up in the Jim Crow South. In 1960, after returning from a trip to Ghana to find her roots, Polly was appointed to President Kennedy's Committee on Civil and Political Rights. She worked closely with Martin Luther King Jr., Philip Randolph, and Bayard Rustin on major civil rights initiatives. But she became concerned by the fact that men were dominating leadership positions in the major civil rights organizations, even though female activists played a huge role in the movement. In 1964, the same year that the Civil Rights Act was passed, Polly co-authored *Jane Crow and the Law*, *Sex Discrimination and Title VII*, which clearly defines the parallels between gender discrimination and racial discrimination. Now, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg was inspired by the paper and utilized a strategy outlined by Polly in her fight for judicial gender equity. In 1966, Polly, along with Betty Friedan and 30 other women, co-founded the National Organization for Women, or NOW. Fifty years ago, the National Organization for Women was born into a very different world. As women, our role in society was clear. Every woman needs to be herself at times. Your answer? Baking. In 1973, at age 62, Polly once again went back to school. This time, she mixed things up a bit by attending the General Theological Seminary in order to earn her Master of Divinity degree. A year after graduating from seminary, Polly became the first African-American female priest to be ordained by the Episcopal Church. She served as a priest for five years before her forced retirement at age 72, the mandatory age of retirement for Episcopal clergy at the time. Polly died of cancer in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania on July 1, 1985. Two years later, her groundbreaking autobiography, Song in a Weary Throat, an American Pilgrimage, was published posthumously. All month, we're talking about feminists. We've covered feminists in every theme so far. What differentiates this month is that we'll be looking at women who are particularly important to the women's rights movement, the suffrage movement, and or modern feminism and feminist theory. On Saturdays, we're talking about modern feminists brought to you by this month's sponsor, Fiverr. On Sundays, We're highlighting favorite feminists from past months, chosen by other podcast hosts we love. For more on why we're doing what we're doing, check out our new Encyclopedia Womanica newsletter. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Encyclopedia Womanica. And you can follow me directly on Twitter at Jenny M. Kaplan. This month of Encyclopedia Womanica is brought to you by Fiverr an online digital services marketplace connecting businesses with women who are creating, designing, copywriting, programming, editing, and more. Fiverr is here to support the world's freelance community during these challenging and uncertain times as businesses need to adapt in the face of the corona pandemic. Women are an integral part of Fiverr's platform, many having worked with some of the most influential brands in the world. Fiverr is here to support all of its freelancers at this time. Fiverr also is looking to hire people behind the scenes who are equally passionate about supporting Fiverr's efforts to create, design, and innovate through its unique freelance platform. Fiverr operates in over 160 countries and offers digital services across 300 categories. So there are clearly lots of opportunities to change how the world works together with Fiverr in these unprecedented times. Head to fiver to see how Fiverr might be able to support you or your business. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you tomorrow.